The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the bar and the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. Our guest, Charlie Clawson. This week is uh, Rove McManus. Hello, Rove. Hello, Will. What's been going on, man? I I had an incident today. Oh, an incident! This is one of those rare occasions. <sighs> as a, as a comic, I didn't you know actually this was can. An incident. You, a funny thing happened on the way here. Funny thing happened to me on the way here. Although actually, it wasn't really be, funny. It was before it was, we get to the incident. Yeah. I was thinking about that very thing the other day. The funny thing happened. Anytime I would say on stage, how many times has it happened? Right, a funny thing happened to me on the way here. The way that I do comedy, if a funny thing <laughs> did happen to me on the way there, yes, here's what would happen. I probably wouldn't talk about it that night. I'd be like, a funny thing happened to me on the way here tonight. However, as a professional stand-up comedian, I'm going to take that funny thing away, think about it for a while, write some jokes about the funny thing, embellish, trial it in some little rooms, uh, re-jig the structure, and then finally, after I've uh, done all that, I'll present it to you guys for forty bucks a night. <laughs> But here still saying it happened to me on the way here. But it happened to me on the way here. I had, I've had one instance where it did happen to me on the way there. And I did exactly that. Didn't tell it at the time, and then right. every other time I told it, it yeah. happened on the way there. I did get caught out by my wife Tasma when she, because uh, she'd never seen me do uh, stand up before we we started going out, and then uh, because I was doing a TV show every right. week, I, I wasn't really doing much regular stand up because I didn't have any new material, and then so it was probably it was only like a. Year or two, two years into us going out, that I did another tour, so I had a whole lot of new stuff. Yeah, and uh, it was the first time she'd seen a full show, not just a you know seven minute or twenty minute spot, but like a full you know ninety minute show. And she said, "Do you realize how many times you say this is true?" Right. Which you is go my, like this, blah 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 blah, and this is true. This is true. She said, which suddenly just, as an audience member, she said, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but suddenly you just go, well, isn't everything you're telling us meant right. to be, it happened today, or it is a friend of yours, or what you said in that situation that was funny all actually happened. That's the, isn't that the whole premise of stand-up comedy, is that all of this is a funny lie? I know. And I was like, I don't know if we can be together anymore. Right. <laughs> if you're going to see through my charade, But it's I true. don't know that this will work. Because I say all the time, like, you know, I say, no word of a lie. Uh, like, that's that a yours? big one of mine, no word of a lie. Particularly if I'm recounting a story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because if there's yes. something my doctor said or whatever, and I say, and no word of a lie, this is what he says to me, sure. right? But... The thing is that, of course, to the audience, they're going, well, I'm hoping, like, this is all true. Yeah. But in your head, you're like, no, no, no. Most of the time, I've <laughs> wildly exaggerated this. I've fucked with this story. I've made it heaps better. But this is one of those rare times where life was as funny as I am. Yes. I don't have, I don't have to make this up. Right. There's a bit I've sort of been doing. We're so excited because we didn't have to do any work. <laughs> There's a bit I'm working on at the moment. In fact, you, you would have heard the very first time I, I delivered it, we did... Uh, it was an all Aussie show here in LA. I remember that. And uh, uh, it, it's coming up to it happened twelve months ago, so I'm, I still haven't quite nailed the whole whole bit yet. I'm still sort of working it through. But it was uh, about this this uh, guy who was high on um, bath salts, this new drug, right? And he attacked uh, another guy, and so the police have been called to this incident where a guy is is eating this other dude's face yeah. off. So I was kind of talking about that, and I've kind of developed it into a longer bit about zombies and all that kind of right. stuff, which I'm a bit fascinated with at the moment. But there's a line in it where um, the mother of the attacker was interviewed, right? And the line that she came out with was, "You know, everyone's saying that my son is a zombie. Uh, he's not a zombie. He's a very good boy 
he got me a, he even got me a Mother's Day card. Okay. That, that's that's the quote right. that I loved, and I've kind of extrapolated on. Well, yeah, obviously that's yeah, of course, because right. zombies don't recognize Hallmark holidays right. and go on a little bit about that. Right. But it's that quote is word for word what she said. Her justification for her son being. A nice guy that how dare you say he's a zombie? He's right. not a zombie. He got me a Mother's Day card. Right. What kind of zombie gets his mum a well, Mother's Day card? No sorts. I've never <laughs> seen an episode of The Walking Dead where they've stopped down for Mother's Day. No, exactly, right? exactly. No, it's bulletproof. You never see. You could. There's bar mitzvahs. There's babies. There's weddings. There's everything. There's no. You That's just, how you test if someone's a zombie. Where in the card section is the? So you've just been turned into, into a, a walking corpse. Right. Where's that? There's Where's not that a one? section. It's not. You open it's it up. Unnecessary. One of those voice cards you open right. up, which is like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> This is all good. I'm taking all this. Um, but, it, but when I deliver that line, I right. say, and this is true, yeah. and I hit it with that very determined, specific staccato to point out this is exactly what she said. Right. I'm not embellishing this. And I think anything that- else you can go, really? But I want you to know for a yeah. fact that this, this whole routine right. is pinned on this right. quote. So I have to emphasise that. No, no, I get it. I think that is like you need to point but out. But when you realise in a full show, how many times you how say many that? times you do that, you go, yeah, I can see how if if you were paying attention to those, and now everybody probably will. But otherwise, what I would normally do if it does happen to me, I deliver it then and there. There's something about it being fresh in the moment. Right in the moment. I've even delivered stuff of this just happened. But I was backstage. Yeah. This just happened, yes. and I want to talk about it now because I feel this is my best chance to get it out. Right. Where if it doesn't As work, it I just go ah. But if I go home and write it up and try to develop it and then work on it, and if it doesn't work, then it's like well, yeah, because the moment's gone. What made this funny is it just happened. It just happened. Uh, Lindsay Webb and I um, uh, recorded a podcast, and this is a story that people will have heard by now, particularly if they listen to me on Walking the Room, and. Uh, I, I told the story of uh, our new puppy ate a pot cookie. Right. Right. Um, but the, And I won't go into it again because people will have heard the story by now. But what Lindsay and I did immediately after I had to rush to the vet and get her stomach pumped and do all this sort of thing that I've now talked about since then, uh, we re- recorded a podcast immediately after we got back from the vet so that it was... Not the story I will end up telling, uh-huh. but literally just this just happened. And I've kept it and we're, we're going to release it down the line because I'd like to keep it, like to give it that sort of, like that time capsule feel. I'm going to leave it for a little bit down the line and then finally release that episode because so you can actually hear yeah. what it sounded like immediately as it was happening. As <laughs> That's opposed fascinating. To, That'll be fascinating. Because yeah. also as comics, even in the moment, you're thinking about... Is is this something I can use? Is this funny? Right. You know, I um, I got punched in the dick at Disneyland by a kid, and at the at the time it happened. So, by the way, that could be a National Enquirer headline. <laughs> Rose McManus <laughs> punched with, with a with a, a shot of me, like a bad shot of me, where I went to rub my eye right. at a cafe from a, and it's a pap shot, and it looks like I'm sobbing. I got punched in the dick at Disneyland. Right. That <laughs> I. I told the story. Or a the of title times. of your autobiography. <laughs> I got punched in the dick. And I know there's something in it, but it's like I didn't. I haven't quite sat down to work it out properly. Right. But I was just walking well, is along. Is it the fact that it is no longer the happiest place on earth when you get punched <laughs> in the dick? Exactly. Right. And it's. Uh, was it the fact that I was singing "It's a Small World" at <laughs> all the time? And uh, and you get punched in the dick, and it's amazing how quickly. Um, you do talk like Mickey Mouse. Too. Right. That's the other That's part. how they came that's, up with the voice. That's it. Originally. Yeah. That's the Mickey Mouse origin oh, the story. Mouse, Pluto. When Christopher Nolan reboots the Mickey Mouse story, it'll be because Mickey Mouse got punched There's in the a, dick. But um, I got into a bit of a, a an, not an argument, but I, I sort of got mad at someone who told me off for, you know, saying I just, I just yelled out, oh, I just got punched in the dick. Oh, so you got in trouble. Because this kid punched me in the dick. I went down, and it was like it was like a magic bullet thing. You didn't Man. quite see it happen, right? Because there's all these people around, and I was with my sister, uh, my sister-in-law, and my brother, and uh, and so they kept walking, and I've stopped because the kid got me square on. Right, you can't go on from me, that. I've doubled over, yeah. and they said, "What happened?" I said, "I think that I think that kid just punched me in the dick." Right, and this woman got mad at me for saying the word "dick." Right, she said, "She said, uh, uh, could you not use that type of language?" 
there are there are children around. Right, yeah, fucking dick punching <laughs> dick children. children. Tiny dick punching. And that's midgets. what and that's what my response was. Right. Yeah, and one of them just punched Punch me in the, the dick. dick. Now I wouldn't have said that if no. not for the point I was going, when I retell this story, right. I need to have said that okay, at this right. point. Sure. Where to from there I can now embellish it. But at this moment. You need a time, little bit of truth. Yes. Yeah. So that's what happened today. So right. I was going into it was one of those moments where I went. I can just let this slide, right? But if I try to, if I try to keep this going somehow, this might come back as something I can either tell you right. or like this would be great for the podcast, right? Or I could turn it into something else at a later date. But I went to go. I was just going into uh, a pharmacy, uh, and uh, was was in a rush. So it was moving pretty quick. And most, you know, if you go to a supermarket or, you know, pharmacy, most sort of, you know, places where they know people are coming in and out all the time. There's a lot of people out the front, uh, like charity people. They've got petitions they want you right. to sign, whatever sure. it might be. It's an easy way to corner people. It's a good place to gather. Yeah. And most times, if I have the time, I will at least engage because it's usually for, do you want to sign a petition for gay rights? Yes, I do. Mm. Um, you know, do you want to just give us a couple of bucks for some donation for something? Yes, absolutely. But today I was in a bit of a rush, so uh, I went past. But the woman happened to be a dwarf. And right. I will say dwarf because as that's far as I know, was. the correct term, proportionately speaking, right. that's what it was. Right. But she was a little person of what some it, kind. Did I just completely ruin that by saying what speaking? it was? What I'm it was. pretty sure <laughs> right. I said what it was. She I, was. Here's the thing. I, I, I feel like that you're trying to do the right thing. She's and people understand She knows this, she's a dwarf. Right? People know she's a she's dwarf. She's a little person. She's a little person. You don't think less of her. I think more of her. Right. And this wow, is what that's it... patronising. <laughs> that is actually, that's reverse But it's okay, because well, I'm, short, I'm short of stature too. Oh, okay. Um, no, that's not the same. So you can bear being short to being a dwarf now. Yeah. That's worse. I feel their pain. Now it's worse. No, no you don't. I've been don't. persecuted my whole life. For right. It. No one's like calling you a dwarf. <laughs> they are. Or well, they whatever should. the right word they is. They should. <laughs> uh, and so uh, sh- I didn't even get to hear what it was. She, she had a clipboard. Right. And I've gone to, and I, uh, I was quite clearly, I think, from the car to the automatic right. doors. Yeah, you were, you were making uh, I was it a like, man on a mission. Yeah. I've even got an iPod. I've got uh, earbuds on. Right, that's protection from the world. Sunglasses. I'm moving. I, I, I'm just in out to get some. I feel like it's uh, rude if someone tries to engage uh, you if you allergy stuff. Right. But I'm out. I know exactly where yeah. it is. You, you wanted use a self check. Boom. You boom. wanted a thousand of them for your meth lab, but apparently yeah, that, exactly. Was... You got. You, I had so many places yeah. to go to <laughs> to get them to not leave the trail. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was the 90th chemistry event exactly. that morning. It's former friend. <laughs> and uh, and she said, oh, excuse me, sir. And I said, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then just kind of kept walking. Right. And then uh, did hear her yell out behind me, um, oh, well, he's, he's really nice, isn't he? To the world, she right. yells. Yes. And I turned around and, and that's the moment where I just went, keep going, you've got stuff to do. And I said, or you can turn around and maybe this could turn into something useful. A bit, right, yeah. And so I turned around and I just said to her... Magical is a dwarf Yeah, I'm having an argument with with a little person. Yes. And I said to her, I said, well, firstly, quite clearly, I'm moving very quickly. Right. I said, secondly, I am obviously in a... You can... You, you should see by my by my earphones and right. stuff that I'm kind of busy. Although, see, to be honest, you did hear what she said. So there was a moment in the song where we yeah. had faded out. <laughs> I, said, but, but I said, the other thing is, I, I, you can get me on the way out as right. well. I said, there's no need. That's a good point. Either way, whatever. Don't, bur- whatever. don't burn me on the way in. I exactly. might be more generous on the way out. I said, now maybe you've ruined whatever it is that could be there. I'm not going to be I might have given you the loose change I have from my shopping. Exactly. That might have been what I was going for. And, uh, and I said, look, and she said, oh, but it doesn't mean you have to be rude like that. I said, I wasn't being rude. No. I said, I was moving p- through Direct. pretty quickly. I said, in a yeah. lot of ways, maybe you were being rude. Right, yeah. Because you didn't catch me on the way out when maybe I'm a being, being, right. being a bit more casual. So you've given her, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> and it was at that point I just realised, if anyone walks past right, right now, I'm sitting there arguing with right. a little person who probably has a clipboard for a charity organisation, right. you know, let's save the whales. Yeah. And I'm just going, let me give you a piece of my mind. Right. You, but then why, I use the think phrase... You think because she's tiny, she's saving the biggest animal of all? Is that what you're saying? Terrible. Well, proportionately you're speaking, terrible. it's probably an average-sized pilot whale, right. but to her. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I caught myself actually saying the right. phrase, I know what you're doing, which oh. I love bringing out. I right. find, as I get older, there are two phrases I use quite okay, a bit. Okay, which are? I know what you're know doing. I know what you're doing. And you are really bad at your job. Oh, 
Really? And so I said to her, I know what you're doing. And she said, what's that? I said, you, you're trying to... I know what you're doing. And she said, what you... well, what do you mean? And I said, you're, you're trying to engage me to make me stop. Right. And you're making me feel bad. for not... I said, but whatever it is, you like, if I was to have sat and you tell me what, the, right. uh, what it is you're here for, and then I walked off, then I'm made to feel worse for saying no to something because I know what it is. Right. So at least at this point, I was walking past... And it could have been, hey, we're into drowning kittens. I didn't yeah. make that example, but, you know, I've just walked past. So I said, you know, you, you, you can't, I, I shouldn't be made to feel bad because I'm kind of busy and I've got something to do. Right. Just because you're having a bad day. Would make it more interesting if occasionally one of those people was collecting for people who were drowning kittens. Oh, that would just be as, like, I mean, Just so I've got an example. Like, it's happened once, you know. Right, yeah. Or as I was walking, I could have said, well, look, a funny thing happened to me on the way here. I just passed another person who wants me to sign a petition for drowning kittens, and I'm not for that. Right. How do I know you're not with the same person? Yeah, exactly. But I used that before. I was at the shops uh, at, uh, at our local supermarket, and I was looking for the uh, sp- uh, sponge heads for the um, apparently water-saving, environmentally friendly scrubber things. Okay. So it's like a handle, plastic handle. You fill it with the detergent and the water. Oh, yeah. Attach the sponge to the end, yep. and that way you don't need to be turning taps on and off all the I understand. time. So, um, but it seems every company only makes sponge heads that fit their neck of right. the actual handle. Their specific. Their specific yeah. scrubber. You have to sponge match. Yes. Sponge and handle exactly. match. Exactly. It's yep. not one size fits all. Well, they don't get you on the original contraption. They get you on the sponge refills. That's that's where the profit is. And this is where is. I thought right. I was about to stick it to the man we landed. Right. <laughs> So I've gone down to our local supermarket to get new sponges, and suddenly there's a different brand of sponge. Right. Which means I now have to buy a different brand of uh, scrub handle. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I was like, this is, this is wrong. This is not this environmentally is, friendly this at all. This how it works. No. This is not right. So I went to the little information desk right. that it turns out every supermarket kind of has, but I've never, ever used it right. before. And they said, can, can we help? And I said, yeah, I just want to know um, what's the deal with the scrubbing brushes I'm after this particular brand. And I said, oh, we don't stock it. And I said, look, I know what you're doing. <laughs> and she said, what? I said, right. I said, I, I bought it. She goes, you sure you bought it from me? I said, yes, this is the only place I come to. Of course I bought it from here. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> she said, I said, you're obviously... You've got, because all the products that you have there, whether it's mops, whether it's detergents, whether what it's sponges, it's all that same brand. Yeah. I know what you're doing. You've done a deal with them. Right. I get it. That's fine. Yeah. But just know that I am formally lodging my complaint that right. it's not a good thing to do. Exactly. That you've done a deal with them and now we I have to buy a whole new brush because otherwise I can't get the scrub thing. Right. If, just, at, if at some other time they're in a meeting and someone says, has there any been any negative yes. feedback, at least your feedback is on the record. Yes. Right? I'm just, I thought, I'm not going to walk away from you this You may be one. a lone I'm voice. Not gonna, I'm not going to lie down and take right. this. I'm not going to take this scrubbing brush exactly. up the asshole. You are the Rosa Parks I'm going to say, I know what you're doing. Scrubbing. I am. I am. <laughs> So this woman gets out this big right. uh, phone book sized yeah. binder thing and she opens it up which has all the, the stock in there. Oh my and god. And she said, so what it's not on computer? It's in a binder. Oh, it's all yeah, and it's all printed out. Really? And she said, So what's the brand? I told her the brand and she said, Right. And she starts scrolling through, flipping the page over. At this point my wife Tasma is coming down the aisle yeah. and she said, What are you doing? And I looked at her and I said, Walk away. Walk away. You don't want to be involved in this. That's what I said. Yeah. I said, I think this is about to go wrong. Right. And, and I, I don't want you to be. I'm doing something this. that I <laughs> she, I know that I shouldn't be and doing. And she, she yeah. didn't even break stride and just turned, yeah. you turn up the next dial yeah. and off she went. Yeah. And sure enough, the woman was flicking. She said, well, that's interesting because I'm sitting there going, yes, right. Scrubbing brush. I yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah. I know what you're doing. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. <laughs> I, w- I refuse. In the, fu- in the future, you imagine that the uh, ride, uh, the the, the uh, road up to that supermarket will be renamed. I'm going to have a street named after me. I'm having a street named after me. On Road Manister, everyone will come in. She said, "Well, how long ago would you have bought it?" And I said, "Well, look, I've been living here for coming up to three years." Right. So yeah. she goes, "Well, it's interesting because we have we have only stopped oh, here we go. that type of sponge here we go since like 2006 or something and i was just like that, right that she said so she closed the book right looked me in the eye and said so is there a chance maybe you bought it from right somewhere else? wow and so, that's when i wish i had one of those men in black things to just erase her memory. <laughs> you so i said maybe and then walked off and then turned around <laughs> 
<laughs> Can I still get a street? Is there still a chance I can get a street? <laughs> but it's the cockiness of I know what you I know what you're doing. I know how it works. I'm not stupid. You do a deal, right? You get a whole lot of stuff. You get a little something on the side, and we all have to. No, not that's not the case. It's good. I like that. I like what I, she could have done yeah. is turned around and gone. Turns out you don't know what we're doing, right? And I would have applauded her and given her some kind of. I know, okay. but if she was that good at witty comebacks, she wouldn't be She'd working be on at information at the <laughs> local grocery store, would she? That's true. It's not her fault. Take time. Out, yeah. Unless somewhere in that binder there was also a giant page of witty comebacks. I was like, well, hang on, oh, that one. I don't a... come down to your work and kick the red light. <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, I had a fight. I had a fight with a little person over charity today. Right. So that's the, your second national ge- uh, national enquirer yep. headline of the day. Not National Geographic headline of the day. That's oh, that would be thing. interesting though. I like the idea of someone coming up with, because uh, you were saying, you know, that the idea of saying this is the fact, this is what they really said. Mm-hmm. And there was one uh, bit that I tried to get up for this year's show that it didn't end up making the show. For, uh, for that very reason was that I think that the true story, people didn't quite... Uh, when I read it in the paper, it made me laugh so much because it was a true story. Mm-hmm. But I think when I tried to express that to other people, I couldn't quite get it to work. And it was a story of a, a young kid, uh, 17 years old, called Caleb Langdale. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Langdale uh, was swimming off the coast of Florida when a uh, crocodile took his, um, or an alligator, would it be an alligator? Or Maybe an alligator? alligator. I'm not saying it couldn't be a crocodile. No, but, but like, probably an alligator. Like an alligator, I imagine, took, took his arm. Yeah, an alligator took his arm. Well, took, like, bit his arm I off. I bit his arm off. Did not. Like, not, there wasn't a killer Chinese burn right. that went a bit awry. Oh, also, he didn't like leave his arm on the beach and the crocodile came through and got it out of his shoes or wherever like, he'd so hidden it. Took it. His, took his arm, his wallet and wallet. his sunglasses. Yeah, that's right. His iPod. Alligators. <laughs> I know. alligators. Man. Those blinged up alligators yeah. in Florida. Um, so an alligator cut off his right arm. Sure. Which, you know, 17 years old and... and so the alligator, like, cut it off, like, had a... <laughs> had a shiv. Had a, had a shiv. That's had, a, a, had a butter knife. That's right. It took him a while. That's, that's the only one. Plastic one. Because he just been on a plane. Yeah. Which was weird. Yeah, but, no, but you know, they got to travel to. Right, exactly. They can pack things into themselves. Right, it's their own luggage. <laughs> <laughs> so good when they're checking in, they're like, oh, you're over the limit. I'll just swallow something yeah. else. I'll just swallow my is this one of the, Is this the point where we get a letter from the family of this kid who, as we're sitting here mocking, we're actually not mocking the incident, we are mocking uh, the, right. the oh, terminology no. of how this arm went missing. Also, No one gets hurt. Also, here's the thing. Well, he gets hurt. He okay, right. oh, that's a good arm. point. That's a fair point. But the point is, the point of this story is not to mock Caleb Langdale, who I've given a shout out by name. Mm-hmm. The point of this story is to... Oh, I'm going to find to out. put him on a pedestal. That's good. What, that's why I'm bringing this story up. Sure. So he's managed to make it ashore and he's survived, right? And so obviously there was a lot of interest in this story. Yes. And so they've gone to the hospital and he's 17 years old and he's just lost his right arm, which, you know, when you're 17 is probably it's some of the, the, world gr- for you. the, some the, the world. greatest times you and your right arm are ever going to have. <laughs> I mean, Fact. That is your glory years. That is your 500 days of summer, you and your, your right arm right there, you know? So he's lost his right arm. And they've interviewed him in the paper, and this is why I love this story so much, was they asked him for a quote, and this was his quote. He said, well, I guess my sister's not the only one who's left-handed now. 17 years go. old. 17 years old, your I'll arm's been taken, and you come up with gold like that? I donate my own. I'm cutting my arm right. off. He can have it. He can, He's earned it with a line like that. Right. That's like I, I will always applaud quickness like that, like the the... Corey kid, the MySpace kid. Ah, uh, yeah. Who, um... Corey Worthington. Corey Worthington. Had a, a... This was, yeah, MySpace. If people have seen the movie Project X... Apparently, yes. Uh, apparently, uh, at least part of the plot of that movie was based on the story. Inspired of, on real yeah, actual Corey events, as I like to yep. say. He was an Australian kid, too. Australian kid. Had, had a, a party. His parents are away for the weekend. Yep. He goes, I'm going to have a party. Yeah. Puts out to anyone on MySpace, party at my folks place, right? And it gets. Tr- I mean, these trashed. days that'd be fine. Yeah, eight people. <laughs> but this is like. But this uh, is when MySpace was the thing. I want to say it was oh eight, oh oh seven. It was oh right, seven, sure. and I'll tell you how I know this is that for a fact. So it's oh seven, and he um, uh, and cops get called. It's it's a national story, right? And it made the soup. It did make that's, the soup. That's, that's like one of those moments where you're like, okay, this would be, it made the soup. <laughs> I remember the Hey Hey Black thing, blackface thing, making it onto Chelsea lately. Right. 
And the greatest thing that they couldn't wrap their head around was the fact the show was called Hey Hat Saturday, but it was on a Tuesday yeah. night. <laughs> It's like, wow, then I won't even get you started on the head on a stick because you will not understand that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he, he was interviewed by, and this is uh, on one of our uh, national current affairs programs in Australia, and they said uh, to him, so this is after all the media circus, it's the height of that, they've got an exclusive interview with him on the steps of the house that's trashed in the background. And uh, on national television he's been asked... So what do you think your parents are going to say about this? And his response is, I don't think they'll find out. Right. Now, I love that, that on national television, he's going, I don't think my folks are going to find out. It'll be fine. Perfect. And just the fact that you could be We smashed the telly. Smashed the telly. (laughs) (laughs) How are they going to find out? (laughs) And uh, I don't know if he was intentionally... And the the interviewer had nowhere to go after that. Nowhere to go. And I thought, if you're that quick, even out of stupidity... Trash the house. You've earned it. No right. Problem. He did an amazing interview with um, a current affair at the time where, like, you know... All they wanted was to take his sunglasses, sunglasses, off. sunglasses off. But he wouldn't do it. Now, the reason I know that that must have been I 2007... I will post that on the Facebook page, by the way, oh, for yeah. people who haven't seen that. It's genius. Uh, and just the fact he was uh, uh, shirtless... Yeah. Wore like this sort of anorak-looking hoodie thing, so fur fur-trimmed hoodie thing. For anyone who wants with a picture, bright yellow sunglasses. He looked like a teenage Elton John. Yes, that's he a like, perfect. He looked like he was stumbling home from a dance festival three days later. Yes, 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 yes. I, I feel like that had a big weekend. So I am now. It's January of two thousand and eight. Right. And I am visiting some friends who are lecturers. They're they're from Perth in Western Australia, but they are lecturers mm-hmm. at Oxford University right. in in the UK. And uh, they have a, a very prestigious uh, dinner on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. That is, it's like something out of Harry Potter, Hogwarts. Right. So you have, to, you have to dress black tie. Okay. And uh, you meet with all the faculties, the, the headmaster and all the teachers, and exactly like it's made out in Harry Potter... We all meet beforehand in this little underground sort of meeting area and then we walk up a set of old, beautiful, old wooden stairs and we are on this huge stage looking out an an enormous hall with the rows of kids. Right. Rows, I say kids, they're all in university, but all lined up. And then we've got the long table that runs perpendicular to that right and so then as guests we are sort of brought in and then all the the students stand we sit and then they all sit and then it's a very a very very formal dinner uh oxford university and uh then the students all leave and then the uh, teaching staff and guests all all, fuck all (laughs) they all fuck it's uh have you seen eyes wide shut (laughs) we all went to Corey's party and uh, no, so then uh, then it's all uh, you go to uh, for dessert in a in another room. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you all mingle, 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 and right. then you go to another room again, and it's uh, cheese and biscuits and cognac. Right. But they intentionally seat you next, so the guests get wheeled around to talk to all the different staff members. Mm-hmm. I at the end of the night, so it's in the cognac stage. And I'm talking to a wonderful old. Sounds gentleman. like the world's most sophisticated music festival. I met you. At the oh con- yeah, the cognac right. stage. Yeah, they're playing on the cognac yeah, stage yeah. later on. So. But um, <laughs> they're going to be the Trambuie stage right. at the same it's time. It's good. Really good actors. I want to see. Um, so I'm talking with the head of the history department. Okay, all right. Who has been teaching there for some fifty something years? Right. Wonderful old gentleman, very British, very yeah. very Oxford. And he said to me, so where are you from? And, uh, and I said, uh, Australia. And he said, ah, and where particularly in Australia? And I said, well, I was born in Perth on the West Coast, but currently living in Melbourne on the East Coast. He goes, ah, Melbourne. And there's a pause and he says, so tell me about this Corey boy. <laughs> and I nearly fell out of my chair waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come in and say, gotcha. It was incredible, absolutely incredible. <laughs> right. And I told him, oh, this is, this is a story as far as I know, you know. He was obsessed with it, right. obsessed with it. Because. It was massive at the time. Right. And there is that just that sense of that everybody 
And that, that was like, I mean, did you see Project X? Did you actually watch that movie? No, I did not. So there's a sense of that where you know that shit is going wrong and it's going terribly, but at the same time you're like, fuck, I wish I went to one of these parties. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, there was... You knew it was wrong. As but a it kid, was... I was terrible for that. I was always very bad at... Uh, I would always pull out of the situation before it probably got to the really fun stage because right. of the fear that... If this goes pear-shaped, I don't want to get caught up in it. And I reckon there's a lot of missed opportunities there where I could have done some really fun stuff. But at the same time, there was probably a very minimal amount of, well, you would have got in trouble or whatever. But it was never my doing. It was just like I would have been one of those kids at that party and kind of going, well, if the cops turn up, you go, well, you'd get kicked out and sent home. Um, You know, it's not, I'm not Corey or one of his mates. So, uh, but I would always be the one to go, well, maybe not. I only go to a certain point and, and there is an element of regret, but at the same time I go, well, I'm not in jail. You know, you've met, yeah, when you've met people over your life. Like I know there's some people, there was a guy I ran into recently and I just met him for the first time and he just had that look in his eye and you could just tell that like if he'd said, hey, you know what we should do? Buy some guns, get some coke and go into the desert. I would have been like, that seems like a great idea. None of those things are appealing to me. <laughs> Cocaine makes me sneeze. The desert makes me hot and sweaty. And I I'm not comfortable around guns. So this is But I'm maybe idea. more inclined to do it now than I probably was back then. I don't know whether right. it's because, I know, being older and I have a greater You feel like, of- do you have a bucket list of things that you, like, is there some sense of adventure of, because also, here's no, the thing. No, my bucket list stuff now is all, it's old man stuff. Right. It's all, I'd like to go see, one of them was swimming with whale sharks, but I got to do that a couple of years back. So that's okay. kind of cool. But it's mostly that, like, I'd like to see, I'd like to go to Madagascar. I want to go to Madagascar. To see if it's like the movies? Yes. I want, right. to, I want to see mildly racist talking lemurs. Right, of sing, course. Sing funny songs. Who doesn't? I, I hear that's how it is. When you go, you should complain that they're not constantly. Yeah. Like, you should just... I want them to sing, I like when to move. When do they start singing? Why is he not doing the I like to move it song? Right. <laughs> You should, like, start it up. You should, Are you like, ready for this? Look. So I'm the guy who watches the first Madagascar movie. Right. Where it's, uh, so it's the animals in Central Park. Yep. That, uh, and they end up, uh, you know, however, at this point it's not even, any further than that is not even important. Right. So I'm watching the Spoilers. opening of it. Going, okay, so you've got uh, animated lions yep. uh, with the voice of Ben Stiller. Chris Rock does the zebra. Yep. And so on and so on. My thing is watching that just going, there are no lions in the Central Park Zoo. This is bullshit. Right. Is there no lions in <laughs> Couldn't the Central I help Park myself. Zoo? Could not help myself. Wow. Like, I said, the fact that they're talking and dancing. Right. You're fine with that. Doesn't seem to factor Be into like, it. Well, There's no lions on. in the Central Park Zoo. There's no lions. Zoo. No zebras in the Central Park Zoo. Right. There are no giraffes in the Central Park Zoo. Is there no lion? Well, because they've all escaped. To Madagascar. That's yeah, why. But there was before there the movie was. was there made. used to be heaps. Obviously, there. of course. Now I get it. This is yeah. a, this is a prequel. You idiot. Yeah. yeah, that's right. This is now not, I feel. This foolish. is not happening right now. It takes ages to make a movie. I shouldn't have complained to that dwarf usher about it. Right. <laughs> I know what you're doing here. There's no real lion. There are no lions at the Central Park Zoo. No, they have polar bears at the Central Park Zoo, which is pretty cool. So well, seals. The uh, piranhas. First piranhas I ever saw was there. So uh, how, how do they have the prana? Do they? There is a like rainforest bit. Yeah. That is like a certain. There's like a little uh, screened off bit because it's all you know very humid in yeah. there, and they have a lot of birds and and other sort of tropical animals, <clears throat> and there's a big tank that has piranhas in it. How do you go with a zoo? Because you're you're a person who like you know quite publicly have talked about like you know, animal conservation and stuff uh-huh. like that, and so I'm always very interested in this because I am very animal friendly as well, and um, I but I also like a zoo. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yeah, think? I'm I'm fine with zoos. Yeah. I think zoos get a bit more of a bad rap than they probably deserve. Um, Is like it I've... because they look like animal prisons? Well, yeah, but they're not as bad as they used to be. Right. Like, there's a lot. There's a they do. In a the lot old days, job. they used to give the chimpanzee like a, a, a tin cup that he used to drag across the bars. <laughs> yeah. But I remember as a kid seeing uh, <coughs> the the elephant uh, Trisha was her name that used to be at Perth Zoo that right. we went to as a, when we were kids. It was you know it would be lucky to be as big as a probably not even a hotel room. Like right. it was very small, big enough for her to fit in, and yeah. it was just huge columns, like Roman-looking columns, and she just stood in there and it was concrete and that's it. Right. 
Having seen elephants in the wild, they graze. They are roam. They they roam for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Rarely hang out in hotel rooms. Very rarely in hotel yeah. rooms. Not big fans of the sort of Roman look. No. The no. olives. <laughs> no. Not really into it. They're more Italian frescoes. Right. Just yeah. So <laughs> they like the space. <laughs> they like the right. space. Uh, but even then, like you know, I look at what it was back then. And I go, yeah, that was really bad, but we didn't really know any better. No. Um, now, you know, they do have space as best they can. And uh, uh, I know someone who works at the LA Zoo here, and he said, like, they have days where people will come up and complain to them that you know, they've got this big space, but there's this one elephant that's down just kind of, you know, pouring with its foot at one of the gates. And they said, you know, that's cruelty or that elephant's, you know, obviously stressed out. And he said, like, it's hard. He hears them talking, but what he needs to explain to them is, no, that elephant knows it's, you know, 3 o'clock. It's 5 to 3 in the afternoon because he's smart. It's feeding time at 3, and he wants to be the first to get the food. Right. So it's like a dog Because he's hanging out with elephants, too. Yeah. He knows how they put it away. Exactly. Because they never forget. And they never forget. Exactly. uh, So what that is is, like, you know, people not understanding how it works. They go, oh, this animal looks stressed out. And it's like, no, it's like, you know, a dog will jump up and down if it thinks we're about to go for a walk. It's it's very much like that. So having seen a lot of animals in the wild, especially birds and things like that, you see them in cages and it does, there's a part of you that goes, ah, it's, it's not the same. But I do get that they serve a purpose, and if people understand that these animals even exist, to give them a greater appreciation, and therefore let's look after them in their own environment, then that's a good thing. Um, it doesn't always work like that, though. I was at the um, San Diego Zoo, which is amazing, mm-hmm. like amazing, at uh, Christmas a couple of years ago, and they had polar bears there as well. Yes. And we were visiting the polar bears, and they uh, had just outside, there was all this information about, you know, the uh, the ice uh, polar ice caps melting and how less, you know, space and whatever they have, and there was this university group who were there from one of the American universities, and they were just getting angry at the plaque at the zoo, saying it was like a conspiracy of, like, global warmers and all this sort of, like, yeah. This Using is, the polar bears this, to this sell the, propaganda. Right. This is what the polar bears want you to believe. <laughs> it was like they, they, they needed to have that version and the Fox News version. But they were really upset about it. They were like, they thought it was propaganda. The, the, wow. That would be like me um, uh, stabbing someone to get put in prison to tell everybody from behind bars just what we're doing for global warming. Right. It makes no Ridiculous. sense. These bears have intentionally put right. themselves here yeah, to spread here. lies. Coming here to spread their lies. <laughs> You know, they dye their fur, from right. what I hear. So, to tell me about um, uh, where you've been in the... Because you've visited some... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an international you? vice president for uh, the world's oldest conservation organisation called Fauna and Flora International. So, they started in 1903. It used to be uh, a bunch of hunters. Right. And then they realised, well, if, if we don't look after keeping these animals alive, then there will actually be nothing to hunt. So, they stopped hunting them and actually started... <laughs> preserving them there's actually quite a few there's quite a few programs in america here for all the you know the the nra gun lobby and hunters and all that kind of stuff get a bad rap uh and i'm not saying that you know that some of that isn't justifiable for certain reasons but there there are a lot of hunters in this country who will close down certain parts uh, of even their own land and not use it for like 12 months to give the wildlife a chance to regenerate well that's the same reason i'm in favor of people having children for the future hunger games Exactly. So, I mean, get them out there. I want someone to go in place of me in tribute. I'm not going to stand up. Exactly. I'm not going to do it. I'm too old. My hips hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be one of the stupid kids that run straight for the backpack instead of going for the woods. I would have been dead in 30 seconds. Crazy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's me, uh, uh, Sir David Attenborough, yep. and uh, Stephen Fry are the right. three That's nice. international That's VPs. Good company. It's great company. Um, and so through them, I've been through... When you're in such exalted company, and this is in no way meant to be an insult to you, just purely a tribute to the stature of the other two people, Sure. do you feel like Martin Short in The Three Amigos? No, because I will say this. <laughs> uh, having um, When I just came on board, the, the, the first time I was, uh, uh, went on one of these trips to go and see what they do firsthand... Uh, which is really good because what they do is um, try to work in conjunction with the the people that are in the area. The not, indigenous people. Yeah, so it's not just Whatever let's fence this off and say, okay, this is for elephants. Now you fuck off and go over there. Right. It's like, okay, how can we and and you make them make those two lives yeah. work together? Yeah. So the first time we went to go and do one of those in Cambodia, we stopped off on the way in, in London, 
and met with Sir David Attenborough and, oh, and had lunch right, with him. Nice. And I got I got a little bit of a, an environmental stiffy because I was talking to him and that's about... that's because the stiffy is recyclable? Yes. Yes. It's a natural growth? It's, uh, it's always renewable. <laughs> right. uh, well, right. one would hope. One would hope. <laughs> right. And uh, we were just talking. We we're just talking animals and wildlife and nature right. and stuff like of that. Course. And he turned around and he said to me, "He said, do you know a lot? Have you studied zoology?" And I said, "No." I said, "I'm just a big fan of your work." And so to, that's one of the greatest right. compliments for that's Sir good. David Attenborough to say, "Have you studied zoology? Because yeah. you know your shit." Did he then ask you about Corey Worthington? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I was very disappointed. So that's when I was like, "Well, I think I know more than right. you, sir." Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I went to. I've been to Cambodia. I've uh, been to uh, a lot of places through Indonesia. Um, a number of spots in Africa. Went to the Amazon, which was pretty cool. Right. And they've got one up in the northeastern part of Queensland. That's where they sell all the online books and videos from, right? The Amazon. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's, uh, big... it's nothing like the website. Nothing, nothing no. like the website. No, no, no. Hardly right. any recommendations when you get there at all. <laughs> I was trying to get back with a one-click, two-day shipping right. thing, and it wouldn't nothing, happen. Nothing. Wouldn't happen. <laughs> Uh, but that was it was really cool. It's really cool though. And um, there was one place we went to um, reward these farmers that were the first to implement this new type of farming. Instead of shooting elephants, um, they were taught, you know, here's how you can grow different crops that the elephants won't eat. Oh, okay. Yeah. And well, undid sense. like five generations worth of farming in, uh, I think it was like eight years. Yeah, right. And uh, so there was this presentation to reward the farmers that were the first to take on this new type of farming. And uh-huh. so they brought in us to say, look, you guys are so great. We've, there are people from the other side of the world who have come to see you. And it's just this incentive for them to feel good about themselves. Right. But they expected us to get up and make a speech to a bunch of uh, Cambodian farmers who do not speak English. Right. And they, but they were going to translate. And I'm yeah. trying to crack jokes. Right. Just tanked. Right. And then eventually I just got the tap on the shoulder just, just say thanks. Okay, just, just, uh, funny thing happened to me on the way here. Yeah, just wind it up, buddy. And then as they tapped me on the shoulder, yeah. I turned around and said, I know what you're doing. I know yeah, what you're you doing. You know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. They did not like your dwarf story. <laughs> no. uh, we call them little people in Cambodia. Boo. Boo. <laughs> yeah, I, I think being translated for is probably the death of comedy. I mean, you've played... Have you done one of those? Or have you done like... I know Hilsey does a lot of Auslan sort of sign language stuff. Have you ever done one Do of you know those? what? They asked me if I would do one this year because they were trying to get a few more Auslan shows uh-huh. going. And I hope this doesn't, like, because, I mean, I would have liked to do one, but for the very reason that Adam has for years, yeah, been, like, well-known for doing that, I just felt like, particularly because people already get us confused, that Mm. I didn't want to do anything that felt like I was stepping into his area. So it sounded like a really weird thing to say no to, because obviously you would love if, like, deaf people could come and enjoy the show and you think it'd be fun to be able to work with a translator, but I just thought it was too close to what he'd been doing to kind of do myself. I've done... Uh, I've been at gigs where they have someone signing, so right. it's not my show. I've done that maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll, like, you count it on one hand. And I think I couldn't do a full show or a full run like that because most of what I do in that situation is as I'm saying something and I watch them do the sign for it, I then get distracted right. and start like making them redo the, the sign for right. what I just said. And then it just becomes... And then it becomes, okay, now now I'm going to say the dirtiest thing I can think of and you have to sign it. Right. And uh, it, it does go down well yeah. as something different on the night. Of course. Because this is, and this is, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a comedian performing on a night where there's not other comics. Right. So I can kind of use that as a device and it's not like it's been done to death. So, um, yeah, I think the idea of doing that for a full show would wear pretty thin, especially I, um, for the poor person doing the signing. When my dad got his Order of Australia medal, um, it was a very sombre ceremony. In fact, you had to, um, like, there was a couple of hundred people getting awards that day, mm-hmm. and so the, they told you you could literally, you could clap from when the name was announced to when they walked the two steps to where they got their hand, but then they had to kind of get the next person through. And mm-hmm. So it was very... But they had someone signing, of course, the whole thing as well. And uh, they had to tag people in and out because you're not allowed to sign for, like, you know, that long in a row. Right. So, like, they would, like, you would literally have one guy and then by the end, like, he'd be getting a bit puffed so the next one would have to tag in. Hang on, like, they get puffed? Yeah. Well, we'll come back think, to that. I don't think puffed, but, like, sore, RSI and all that because if you're signing all the time, like, consistently. There's a lot of slapping, for, there's like, a lot of... Right. 
Right, okay, I never thought of that. Plus, the Governor-General was getting them to do the rudest thing that she could think of. Sure, so sure. that was a, a lot of wanking symbols. <laughs> the bullshit, I know bullshit, that's an easy one, it's very obvious. Did everybody win an Order of Australia Medal for oral sex? Is it true that everybody, even though they're old guy? I don't think so many people are swearing during their speeches. I feel like this is not the case. But yeah, there was one guy who was heaps better than the other. Well, actually, I don't know because... Well, what makes for a good sign person? Well, here's the thing. Speedy, quick, accurate. Well, I would assume... See, because this is the thing. I don't know. Because all that they need to be good at for the person who's like reading the sign language is be a good communicator, right? But so you can't have a signer when you're saying, I just want to say it's great to be getting this award. That they're not... Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. Right. Okay, Go. Can't get a first day on the job. But you also don't want someone who's underselling that shit. Like, if it's a big thing, you don't want someone just throwing away the signs. There's a lot of whatevs going yeah, on. Just right. Whatevs, whatevs. Exactly. Yeah, I've won awards. <laughs> Whatever. I won awards for signing. Whatever. But I always think that when I watch... Because um, I was thinking oh, just then, like, well, what... Like, if there's no movement going on, no signing going on while you're talking, right. they just kind of seem to brush over it where you're going, it's wonderful, fantastic, whatever superlative you're throwing out, they just kind of put in one overall incredible or awesome and leave it at uh, I do think that sometimes they paraphrase. Well, it's like Sometimes they watch... give you a sign language, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, and how do you not know that they're just, they could have a go, they could go, listen to this dude. Right. He reckons he's pretty special. Right, well... Oh, I know what he's doing. That's when you... But that's how you get fired. You have to have a good reputation for nailing sure, it. Sure, sure, But this sure, was sure. the thing I was going to say about these two signers is I don't actually know which one was a better signer because I don't use sign language. But to someone who doesn't use sign language, hmm. one of them looked heaps better than the other one because one was really fucking nailing it. Like, it was right. like an AFL goal umpire who just wanted to get everything precise and big actions and fucking, like, oh, this is an Oh, event. some get into it. Like, I was, yeah. That's so what, one of that's them was, like, need. fucking... Like, you know, he was like a composer, just fucking, like, I'm in the moment and I'm signing my ass off. And then the other guy came in and just kind of... That's, that's a shame. Did a professional job. you got to commit. Come on, man. I was meant event. to learn uh, signing. My eldest sister is deaf. Okay. Not 100% deaf, right. but she's she has hearing aids and gets by on lip reading. Okay. But, well, that's, um, that's deaf enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, she's she's uh, you know you wouldn't you wouldn't know it from talking to her. Right. Um, so, uh, but when she was uh, in her teens, I think. Right. We were all going. You know what? We should all learn. Let's all as a family. Yeah. Learn sign. I mean, it's a nice language. thing, right? And uh, I think we learnt the v- alphabet, and then we'd like l- the first thing we learnt was how to spell each other's name, and then we all just went, "Oh fuck it, this is too hard." It's pretty hard. She's like, she's can gotten just, by. Right. She's gotten by. Yeah. Like you can still, you know, so long as it's not if in a crowded in a group of people. If right. there's if you're at a dinner party, she she's got no hope of understanding. But one on one. She can follow, and as long as sometimes you might have to slow down what you're saying, but she'll get it. So then we're like, so you, well, then what are yeah. we doing? As kids, you're like, can't she just try to listen harder? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And she has, and it's all been fine. But as an adult, but as an adult, don't like, you wish that you knew oh, sign I wish language? I, had. I wish I had. Yeah. So this because also it would. It's not like well, I would. I did learn. Uh, I did like uh, uh, three weeks worth of French lessons to prepare myself. Uh, for a holiday to uh, Paris right to surprise my girlfriend so I did that and uh, obviously got to use it but most of it has disappeared because right. I'm not in Paris every other day no. but signing I would still I, I would still use it and that would be a way we would have to communicate with each other so that would be a really cool thing it's that's that's a that would be a bucket list thing would be learning and I've all, it's one of those feeble New Year's resolution things I chuck out every year oh, I'll learn another language never have I would love bits. I would love to learn another language. Yeah, but I'm exactly the same. I have. I've gone to the extent of downloading like programs. No, I've got I've got the those. Rosetta Stone thing, which is yeah. apparently a really great way of learning languages for um, uh, Latin American Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. Yeah, which would come in handy here. Which is also possibly because along with English, uh, Spanish is like you know. Yeah, one of the most and then you learn there's different the types of Spanish. There's like if you are in Spain, you speak. A Spanish, but you know, Mexican Spanish is not the same, and it can all get a bit. So I got Latin American Spanish, which they said is the one you'd probably want to use the right, most. Yeah, Mexican Spanish sex is also different, so I don't. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know that right. they just like it being called Mexican Spanish. Right. <laughs> 
Um, uh, so here at the hotel I'm staying at, mm-hmm. uh, which is the the standard hotel. In he's West not here anymore. He's not here anymore. Don't bother trying to find him. Exactly. That's why I'm. That I'm gonna send a text while you're doing this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, they have uh, down in the I'm foyer. I'm not being rude to anyone. We're, we're meeting someone else after yes. this. So I'm just gonna let them know that we're. And we are gonna finish right. up in a minute. So um, uh, they have a box downstairs behind the reception. It's like a glass box, much like. Uh, if you're at a, um, a Chinese restaurant, the sort yes. of box that they might keep. It's like the... an aquarium. Right. Or a terrarium because there's no water in it. Right. That's, yeah, okay. If you had an enormous lizard like or a snake. scorpion. Or scorpion. Scorpion Yes, let's type. say scorpion. Right. You if you a... had an enormous scorpion. Right. Yeah, then this, week, this is where you keep it. Particularly if you were a se- receptionist at a groovy hotel and you had a giant scorpion. This would be the perfect box to keep your scorpion in. Or perhaps if you wanted to grow hydroponic stuff in your attic, yes. it'd be a, the sort of box that you could use for that. Because there's a lot of really bad boxes to put scorpions in. Right, terrible boxes. Terrible boxes. Boxes without lids. Exactly. Cardboard boxes. Ones you can't close properly. Right. Yeah, I mean a myriad of boxes. Yeah, you mean if, with, if with if the raw vaginas, right? If this... Right. <laughs> You should never put a scorpion in a vagina. No, never. Never, do that. like never. So if you right now you were like, whoa, whoa, take it out. My God, not a good thing. Lucky you put this podcast on as you were doing it to get you in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's part, of, part of my part of my ritual. It's like, I'm enjoying time, this podcast. Time to put on the latest faux fop. Well, and no, I, this scorpion in my wide a second. No, because here's the thing: they can't have just done that because this is so far into the podcast that that wouldn't happen. But this is maybe the thing where, like, they've been doing it every time, going ow, ow, ow. Oh, why right. does this feel like a bad idea? Exactly. And then today, the only thing that takes my uh, uh, mind off the pain is listening to Tofop. <laughs> it's <laughs> but almost, now I told you that exactly. You don't have to do that. Uh, keep it. Look, men or women, keep your scorpion out of Orify. That's, I think that's a, just a general Good message. Rule. It Good doesn't rule. have to be a gender-specific thing. Do not stick a scorpion inside you. No. Important Unless it's a, like a sideshow thing or you're in the circus or it's like your yeah, act. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, as yeah. a general rule, like, don't try and look, to... And we're not, and we're not shitting on people who, um, you know, are into cross-human arachnid relationships. You know, if you want to get it on with the scorpion, and that's the one way you can. You know, I'm not going to judge people. Some I am. People, I'm judging people. Oh, if you want to, you, get can, you can not judge people, but okay, I, you judge. I'm going to judge. I will sit there going, "You want to get it on right. with the scorpion? Go right ahead." I'm going to say, "Leave it alone." Scorpion doesn't deserve your. That's scorpion rape, essentially. Well, imagine the scorpion it's different. Can't now, look, I will. I will say, I will not condone male human onto female scorpion. Because that just as a ratio does not work. Right. Okay. That's you're putting something in there that that should not be put, getting put in. Right. So, but you're but happy female, with female male scorpion into female human. That makes sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag science. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so they have a glass. But I will not see a male penis going into a tiny scorpion vagina. Right. Okay. I will not have it. Right. Not so, on my watch. Not so, during my administration. So your issue is more about size ratios rather yes. than interspecies sex. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. I okay. think we've summed that up. Okay. So, so anyway, there's this tank. There's this tank. And what they do is they don't put a scorpion in it. Well, I, well not in the times that I've seen okay, anyway. Sure, sure. Uh, mostly during the day, the tank is empty, but it does have bedding in it. Like it has a little bedding, like sort of, you know, floor to it uh-huh. and a little pillow. Nice. And that's because at night they have Here we go. girls in there. They have girls who just lay in there in their underpants behind the reception. Have, oh, you, have you seen this before? Have you I've, been here while this is happening? I have, I have very much heard of this. Right. And uh, I think I saw it once, but she was knitting. Right. Okay, well, here's the thing. They do different things. They don't do anything sexy. It's not like a... Like, but they're just there, right? They're just there yeah. in their underpants laying behind the reception. No scorpion. In fact, it would be more compelling if there was oh, a scorpion. You, who's to say she doesn't have a scorpion right. inside a vagina? <laughs> and the knitting is to distract. Keep the mind off. Because she, she didn't know that there's no podcast. Right. No podcast that right. she didn't know at the time. This was years ago. So uh, what they do a lot of the time, the girls who are in there in the box, um, is that they will be on the internet or like, you know. Ooh, is that allowed? They're allowed to do whatever No rules in the box, man. No rules in the box. First rule of the box, no so, rules in the box. Exactly. It's like international waters. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you like in the box. <laughs> A woman can put a scorpion in her vagina. Absolutely. A man can put his penis in a scorpion's vagina in the box. I can't. I can do nothing. You about can't that. touch them. You step out of that box. Then you are mine. They're your own rose rules. But inside the box, Rose sure. can't touch you. Gamble away. Do whatever you want. Yeah, it's a safe place. So, um, uh, so just last night, 
Funny thing happened to me on the way to the podcast, yeah, we, right? Yeah, I like it. Uh, just last night, um, the girl who was in there was uh, on Skype, and she was signing to the person on Skype. Well, so not only they? was she a hot young girl in her underpants in a box behind the reception in my hotel, but she was she, she also knew Skyping. sign language, and she was sign Skyping. That's genius, right? Even more so if she had a scorpion in her vagina at the time. Maybe that's what she was signing. I don't, <laughs> I don't, ouch, I, ouch. <laughs> ouch, ouch. I feel like I made a terrible mistake. This is a bad idea. I know that it's totally fine with the rules inside the box, but it's not fine with the rules inside my box. <laughs> if only there was a podcast that could have told me not to do this. Why what? am I speaking in such staccato? Well, she's, not, she's just new to signing. That's true. Yeah, that's what the staccato yeah. is. Anyway, we should... well, well played her for knowing the word staccato. Right. It's still... It's a, bit of a fun one to sign. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we should sign off. Oh, yeah. Nice. There we go. Walk away. Look at that. There we go. Uh, Rove, um, I want people to find you on the internet. Where can they do that? I am at Rove on the Twitter. And... Um, Last time you were telling us about... Uh, uh, who say? Who say? Who say? You say, we all say, say. for who say? Who say? It does um, sound like it has attitude, who say? Who say? And it's one word, that's what I like who about say? it. Who say? Who <laughs> uh, But, uh, yeah, there's people like myself and uh, Eddie Izzard and Sarah Silverman and Jim Gaffigan and then other really properly famous people okay. uh, on there. Um, not to say they, they are not, but that's the comedy people that I sort of like to align with. Yeah, nice. So, um, yeah, but that's a, a nice sort of hub to find links to everything. So anything I post on uh, Instagram and all that sort of stuff will come from Huse, first and foremost. And uh, you, you're doing some touring. Yes, I will be around uh, the... I'm gigging in LA for the most part at the moment, but heading back to Australia on three separate occasions during the course of the year. Uh, to Perth in the middle of the year, uh, June, end of May, start of June. And uh, then I'll have some shows in Sydney uh, later in the year. So, uh, yes, if you keep an eye out on, on me tweets, yeah. I will very much flog that horse long after it has expired. And so what, uh, it, like without, you and know, I'll shove a score what of what you know you're doing this year are you doing? What can you tell people about how you're, you're going to do a little bit more stand-up, obviously? Yeah, there's a lot more stand-up. Um, I have a meeting with the head of the uh, Foxtel people. Uh, for all things Rove LA, which is exciting. Okay. I There's a couple of things I've got, you know, it's that type of city where you have meetings with people about various things, and when one of them is official, I can let people know. Right. Uh, but there's a couple of things on the boil, hopefully, and some of them might even lead to, you know, being back on screens, um, uh, doing things in Oz and other things that will mean being on screens here right. in, in the States. That would be good. It is good. It's fun. It's... Uh, I haven't had the opportunity in a while to do lots of different things. Like, I'm even doing some animation stuff at the moment, which is really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I mean, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's nice to be doing lots of little things at the moment instead of just one one big thing. But uh, at the same time, it's showbiz, and sometimes things happen and sometimes they don't. So usually until I'm watching it at home... Oh, actually, one other thing. I will be... Uh, I, don't, I did an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? Oh, right. For SBS in Australia. Oh so God. if you're interested in my family history, and why wouldn't you? No, well, well, I mean, I know that you don't want to give too much away before the well, show I can, goes the air, but I, were there things you were surprised about? Yeah, the, there was. Uh, there's three parts of my family we look at. We look at my uh, grandfather, my mum's dad, who I knew. Like, he died when right. I was 20-something. Yeah. So uh, I thought I knew a whole lot about him. I knew that he... he Fought in the Second World War, was taken uh, prisoner by the Nazis and was in a Nazi concentration camp. That I did know. Right. But there was something that happened in the in between being captured and being released that none of us knew about, which came to light. So that was really interesting. Was he involved with Hogan's Heroes? He was Sergeant Schultz. Right. <laughs> oh my he God. was Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> uh, there's some stuff on my uh, great-grandfather that I didn't know about. A bit that I can tell you about because okay. it didn't come up in the final telecast, so I'm sure I can I can spoil this. Yep. I found out that my great grandmother is from New Zealand, so I have Kiwi blood in me. Is that right? I've always loved New Zealand. Yeah. And always had uh, an affinity with them, and they've always been very good with with whatever show I've been doing. Well, a lot of people uh, listen to this podcast in New Zealand. So yeah, so uh, she was a technically our first New Zealand guest. <laughs> I'll take it. I will take it. Right. Uh, so uh, so that was really cool. And then uh, the 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 final leg of it is uh, is 
quite eye-opening. It, it, it was a, a, a very interesting part of myself that I found in a distant relative that I don't think is anywhere else in my family bloodline. Very, very interesting. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, if people uh, like the podcast and if you listen on iTunes, you can rate it on iTunes. Um, we'd love if you would do that. That would be cool. Um, also, uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. We mostly still use the old TOEFOP Facebook page for most of the day-to-day running. But, of course, there's the TOEFOP website, which is tofop.com. Uh, and you can listen to us um, all over the place as well. Um, if you like any of the quotes from the show, uh, that's uh, something that we always like. If you tag them Tofop Quotes on uh, Twitter, they get retweeted. And also there's a Tofop Quotes um, Tumblr page, which is excellent. They write out massive chunks from the show and it's really fun to read back over sort of exchanges and stuff. So thanks to the guys who do that. That is not us, but we appreciate that you do that. And you can also find me on Tumblr, on my uh, Tumblr page, which is where the real things are, where I just like post, you know, fan fiction pieces that I've written and shit about Batman and all sorts of random 14-year-old will shit. So, but it is me, um, so it's nice for you to tune in for that. Thanks, uh, Ro, for being part of it. Thanks for having me.